I'm going to invite uh, Sharon to come up, who is a professional. <laughs> More than you. Yeah. <laughs> I got the book out. Alas. I was going to do it for my phone. <laughs> uh, let me pray for you. Let's, uh, let's, and let's join me in praying for Sharon. Uh, Lord, thank you for Sharon and uh, the gift that she is to us as a mm-hmm. church. And um, I pray that we would come being ready to hear your message through Sharon, your message through Scripture. Um, uh, Lord, may this story come alive to us. And uh, for those of us that come with deep, uh, painful longings, that there would be something of what Sharon says that would console us, uh, just as Simeon rejoiced at the consolation of Israel that he held within his arms. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you want your phone? Yeah. (laughs) We love each other, really. Hi, everybody. Great to be uh, here with you. Now you'll see how professional I am, because you know that I'm rubbish with this thing. Is the PowerPoint up? That'd be great. So, um, how patient are you? I'm not known for my patience. I wonder how many of you, when you go to the supermarket, are going, ooh, which is the longest queue for me to join? I'll join that one. (laughs) We're not. We're usually going, how much have they got in their basket? How quickly is that queue going to go before that one? Uh, I'm a bit like that. Uh, I'm not super patient. I was laughing. I I was preaching this morning uh, upstairs with the... Uh, the international service and laughing with them because I'm supposed to be preaching on this stuff and I'm driving there this morning coming up to a junction and going to the lights, stay green, stay green, stay green, stay green. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's nothing more frustrating for me as you approach and they go orange and then I feel like I have to be good and stop instead of doing the Bradford thing and going through. I'm not super patient, but I've been trying to learn to get better because uh, I'm learning that if I put myself in that position of being patient, in a position of waiting before God, I know that I can encounter him more fully. I'm learning to be more patient and put myself in that position of waiting and being calmer and quieter in my spirit because I know that I cannot fully encounter God if I'm living at a frenetic pace. Don't have the space to do it. So in looking at this story today, uh, we're looking at obstacles and pathways to Jesus. That's what I want us to focus on, is putting ourselves, how do we put ourselves in the right place in the right time, and with the right sort of spirit in the right way to encounter God in Jesus through the Holy Spirit. How do we put ourselves in the right place at the right time and in the right way to be able to encounter God in Jesus through the Holy Spirit? So if Shelby's able... (laughs) I'm going to invite her up, and she's going to read 
the Bible uh, passage to us from Luke 2 today. Yeah. yeah. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it was written in the law, law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the laws of the Lord, a pair of doves or, y- or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, uh, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It has been revealed to him by the, Lord, by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit... When he went into the temple courts, when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what is custom of the laws required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. And the glory of your people, Israel. The father's child and mother marveled at what had, sorry, had marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, "This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be reve- will be revealed." a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was a prophet, there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was widowed until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, Coming up to them at the very moment, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Shelby. It's great. So Simeon, let's start with Simeon. What can we learn uh, from Simeon about how we put ourselves in the right place at the right time uh, and in the right way? I think, you know, this is one of my favorite Bible passages too. Uh, Nathaniel said that. We were in my previous parish, one of the people that was there used to like talk about who's your Bible crush. I think Simeon might be like one of my Bible crushes, although he's a bit old, even, even for me. Um, so... <laughs> Simeon, here he is. I love the way that Luke introduces him. Uh, I was saying to some guys earlier about uh, earlier in the week like this. It's like some like social media bio, like his Insta bio. You know what does Luke say? He gives his name. He's called Simeon. Character. What does it say? Righteous and devout. Uh, what's his job? What is he doing? Waiting. <laughs> Yeah, he's looking for the consolation of Israel. And uh, who does he hang out with? The Holy Spirit. Pika knows the answers because he was here this morning. <laughs> yeah. So this is Simeon. It's like, boom, this is it. Simeon, 
devout and righteous, looking for the consolation of Israel, hanging out with the Holy Spirit. That's who he is. That's kind of like all we need to know. That's what we can say about this hero of faith. But it's actually a really important introduction because it's what gives us the basis of sort of who Simeon is and what he's about to do for what comes next. Basically, Simeon's sort of spiritual practices, I talked about Andy talking about rhythm of life maybe last time, his, his spiritual disciplines, his rhythm of life were putting him in this place where the Holy Spirit rested on him. And not only did the Holy Spirit rest on him, but it revealed things to him, revealed that he wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah. And not only did it rest on him and reveal things to him, but the Holy Spirit guided him. I think it must have guided him every day, but we're hearing about a specific day, aren't we? And I think, you know, as I was reading this, I was thinking, actually, this is amazing because we don't, before this story, we hear bits about Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, but we don't hear the Holy Spirit spoken about in this way much, do we? Before Jesus. And here is someone who Luke is recording that the Holy Spirit rested on him, revealed things to him, and guided him. And it feels like it was recorded in that way because there was something unusual about how in tune Simeon was with God through the Holy Spirit. And we don't know, we're not told uh, when the Holy Spirit revealed to him that he wouldn't die before he saw the Messiah, but I don't think it was the day before this story happened. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm imagining it was quite a time. Could it be a year? Could it have been 10 years? Could it have been 20 years? Doesn't tell us how old Simeon is. We imagine he's older because of what he goes on to say, you know, now may your servant depart in peace. Sounds like he's expecting that he's ready uh, to die, but it feels like He's been waiting for a long time, putting himself in the right place, at the right time, in the right way before God, through communing with God, through the Holy Spirit. Imagine daily being in that place. Imagine daily being in a place of waiting and listening and receptiveness to the Holy Spirit that you're literally guided to the place you need to be that day. To not be distracted by anything. So open to God's leading to be in the right time and the right place in the right way. He could have missed it. <laughs> could have missed it, but he didn't. In a daily that said, is it today, Lord? Is it today? Is it today? Will I see the Messiah today? This was his moment, his time, and what he'd been waiting for. And Anna, bless her, Anna, she was always in the right place at the right time. She'd been at the temple for years. Can we play that little video? Do you know this meme? It's been 84 years. There we go. It was made just for this sermon, I think. <laughs> Anna had always been in the right place, in the temple. And actually, the Greek's unclear 
of whether she was 84 years of age or whether she'd actually been in the temple for 84 years, which is she'd been married for seven. She could have been over 100, but I'm not sure about that. But that's what I read. But certainly, she'd been there years. Years in that place. And we get the same kind of Insta bio for Anna. We get her name and her uh, dad's name and her tribe. So we know, you know, she must have been someone well-known and kind of important. We know uh, Luke knew where she came from, what family she came from. Uh, what, was she, what was her job? In the temp, she was praying, fasting, worshipping continuously. What was her job? Sorry, that was her character. What was her job? She, yeah, proclaiming the message. She was a prophet, a female prophet. Hurrah. And where was she hanging out? In the temple. Again, says it quite specifically, that's what she was doing. These ancient heroes of faith, both waiting for the same thing, both showing up in different ways, putting themselves in the right place at the right time and in the right way, in the right state, in the right posture to encounter God, guided by the Holy Spirit. Anna must have been attentive in that moment to see what was happening with Simeon and Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. You know, we sometimes talk about having our spiritual antennas up. She might have been in that place, in that temple, all those years. How do you still keep your spiritual antennae up to see what the Holy Spirit is doing and join in? And that's what Anna did. She saw what the Holy Spirit was doing and she joined in and told people who would listen about this baby. Amazing. These people that we hear about in this story, patient, open, receptive to the Holy Spirit, confident that God was going to fulfill his promises to them. What a testimony. So, what about us? Well, I'm not sure that any of us, well, maybe you will. Maybe, I'm not sure I will attain the levels of Simeon and Anna. I'm not sure I will. But I want to work on being better at putting myself uh, in the right place at the right time and in the right spirit and the right way to encounter God in Jesus through the Holy Spirit. I want to try and do that. I want my spiritual practices to develop more and embed themselves within me so that I have the same patient and uh, attentive and expansive uh, faith in God and receptiveness to his Holy Spirit that Simeon and Anna had. You might say, that's great, Sharon, good for you, but I can't do that. <laughs> How do I do that? You know, I cannot spend the next 84 years at Fountains Church. <laughs> Though it sometimes feels like that. Let's hear it again. It's been 84 years. Yeah. We get to the end of some weeks, don't we, Kim? And that's how it feels. It's been 84 years. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we don't live in the same time as Simeon and Anna. They were in first century Jerusalem. We're in 21st century Bradford. 
Things are different. Their pace of life, you might think, would have been necessarily slower. Uh, they had no cars. <laughs> they had, you know, they didn't have the constant pull of their phones. They probably didn't even live by the clock. Imagine what it's like to live your life without a clock. To be guided by the rhythms of the day and not by watching the clock. How do we align our practices and our day to Jesus' values so that we can slow down? I'm a planner, as you know, I've said it before. But in this season of my life at the moment, I've been learning that I'm going to have to live one day at a time a bit more. And I was approaching the new year with some trepidation, thinking, how am I going to live in this season one day at a time without being able to plan the whole of 2024? And within six days, God spoke to me in three different ways with three different people um, about how I might do that. And the word that kept coming up was abide. Abide. It came up at a funeral visit. It came up in a book I was reading, and it came up in our staff day away. In six days, three different ways, three different people. So you know in that way that you just think, okay, God, I'm hearing you, uh, but how am I going to do that? Trying to push into what it means more to abide and spend more quiet time trying to be receptive to God within me, a kind of deep um, inner peace that you feel when you're abiding with God. And um, because, you know, I do Bible reading, I do the Lectio 365 and all of that, um, but that feels like active discipleship and active abiding. And somehow I, I do that and it's good and it's for my good, but I don't think I do it always in a way that rests my spirit. Um, it's hard to explain, but you know, you're actively listening to Lecture 365, or you're actively reading your Bible and your Bible notes. And I decided that what God was trying to help me to understand was that sometimes I just needed to sit quietly in his presence and to feel his presence within me, to sort of soak it in and let the Holy Spirit um, just do his work in me. Some of you might know this book by John Mark Comer, The Relentless Elimination of Hurry. And he says, we achieve inner peace, and I'm, I've, the brackets are mine, I'm calling it my abiding when our schedules or the way we live out our lives are aligned to our values. That's what I feel I'm having to work on. Uh, we were talking this morning about Sabbath as well and practicing good Sabbath. And uh, I've realized that my Sabbath day, again, can't just be all about active. Uh, it's good to read, and I do read a lot on my day off, um, and I do go for a walk and, and do all those good things, but I'm not doing my admin. Uh, and I'm trying to spend more time just sitting quietly, closing my eyes, uh, 
getting rid of some of the freneticness, not just in the active things that I do, but in my head as well. Getting rid of some of that frenetic stuff in my head to just be in quiet and peace with God. And you might say, Sharon, that's great for you, but I don't feel very peaceful. (laughs) There's things going in my life, the chaos of my work, the chaos of my relationships. I can't get off the treadmill. I don't feel peaceful. How do I put myself in this right place uh, with God in the right time, in the right way, where I can hear from God? I don't know how to do that, Sharon. Good for you, but I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to live my life in a state of worship and quietness. But I, and I felt like that. But what I've learned over the last three weeks is you just have to start and try it. And the more you do it, it is true that the easier it gets. Brother Lawrence says we have to practice the presence of God. I think that's what Simeon was doing and what Anna was doing. They were practicing the presence of God within them. They were practicing the presence of God. They were living life from an attentiveness, an awareness to God. That's how they were aligning their spirits. And it doesn't always come naturally. We've got to practice it. We've got to start just to sit and be quiet. Because if we don't, we will miss Jesus. If Simeon wasn't daily attentive to the Holy Spirit in his life, if he wasn't on that day that Mary and Joseph showed up at the temple in a state of the Holy Spirit resting on him, he might have missed Jesus, (laughs) might not have gone to the temple. If Anna hadn't dedicated all those years to worshipping continuously, praying and fasting, going against some of the cultural stereotypes of the day, didn't get remarried, spent her time worshipping God in the temple. If she'd not put herself in that place, in that time, if she'd not had a spiritual antennae up to see Simeon with this baby, she'd have missed Jesus. I think I spend too much of my life missing Jesus and I don't want to miss Jesus (laughs) I don't want to miss Jesus John Altberg says cultivating patience I think for me that's about silence within myself by deliberately choosing to place ourselves in positions where we simply have to wait So shall we just spend a few minutes just sitting in silence? Johnny's going to come and play very quietly. We're going to spend a few moments. It won't feel completely silent around you. People will be moving next to you. Johnny's quietly playing. But it's not about the silence around you. It's about the silence within you. Let's spend some time just being attentive to God in us.
by his Holy Spirit. Let's just do that for a few minutes. Practice the presence of God. Cultivate that silence within you. Father, I pray that you would help us this week to find moments in our schedule where we can align ourselves to your values. Where we find those moments of abiding, of inner peace. Where we almost hear your silence within us. Increase our attentiveness. Lord, we long to encounter Jesus. just encourage you now to maintain this sort of posture of attentiveness as we move into sharing bread and wine of communion with Jesus where we really encounter Jesus in this moment as we share together just cultivate still that silence within you as we encounter Jesus together in bread and wine Amen